Hello and welcome to Setting the Skein. I'm Ben. I'm Doug. I'm Tristan. And Elijah's not here. But we do have a phenomenal guest with us. Well, that uh, is right, on, Doug. He was on our previous uh, podcast, Some Jerks Talk About Movies, and he has come back to talk about, well, something. Uh, y'all welcome Mr. Tucker Norman to the stage. Not a stage, but the podcast scene. Tucker, what's up? Tell the folks who you are, what you do, all that jazz. Hey, I'm Tucker. I was previously on Some Jerks Who Talk About Movies talking about uh, Casper. Oh, the yeah. Not so, or maybe too friendly ghost. Yeah. <laughs> He's too friendly. Can I keep you? He's too, f- get Casper out of here. <laughs> Doug, never do that again. He's a ghost. Not spooky. Get him out. <laughs> he, he was a little creepy. I don't know it's spooky. Well, you're in luck. We brought you back for another movie that probably isn't quite as creepy, but it's still kind it of. It certainly was spooky, though. Well, we. I think it was all another of these weird points one. Are up to de- are up for debate because y'all this week we are talking about the 2020. I can't even like describe what it is. The Holiday thing, special, the thing, cash grab, uh, the Lego. cash grab. We are looking at the 2020 cash grab known as the Lego Star Wars Holiday Special. Uh, it stars it stars Helen Sadler. She's the voice of Ray that we oh. all have strong opinions about uh eric bowza d bradley baker billy d williams ben prendergast anthony daniels uh matt lanter matt sloan matthew wood uh and kelly marie tran and five more people named matt and james arnold taylor uh yeah, this movie came out in 2020. It currently holds a 6.5 out of 10 on IMDb, and you gotta look for it a little bit, but it does have a Rotten Tomatoes rating of, give me just a second, gotta pull it up. Um, it has a Rotten Tomato. whoa. Okay, so it has a 70% rating on Rotten Tomatoes. It is fresh. Wait, it has a 70% critic's? 70% critic score. What? And, and there uh, are 50 reviews. What is that Google score? It doesn't have one. Oh. <laughs> I'm sorry for that anticlimactic bit of trivia. Well, that broke um, me. I'll say this. I didn't even realize D. Bradley Baker was in this, and now I'm... Oh, I, yeah, he plays the clones. That's, yeah. that's pretty cool. Clones. Um, and I also don't think this has any information on its budget... Uh, or anything like that, but I mean, it was released straight to Disney Plus, so I feel like even if it did have a budget, we wouldn't know how much money it made. Um, yeah. I mean, it was a 50 minute long animated special. Yeah, it's a 50 minute animated cash grab, is what it is. Yeah. Um, is it a special? Would you guys say? Was uh, this a special well, thing? It depends on your definition of the word special. And also, what you consider a holiday special. What? How you consider it in the pantheon of the two Star Wars holiday specials there in existence? Well, Life Day is a holiday. Life Day is confirmed, um, and it was, and it's released around what we consider the holiday season in our universe. So, well, it was released it on. Out. It was released on uh, what is generally, or I guess I think it's been officially confirmed as Life Day um, by whoever makes that decision. Um, Who makes that decision? November 17th, 2020. Yeah. Oh. And I believe November 17th is Life Day. Okay. Wait, is Life Day Christmas? It's both. It's it's just a general holiday. I mean, it encompasses every holiday. It's like It depends on how deeply you want to look into it. They yeah. they had turkey, but they also had No, they did not have turkey. They, they had, had tip-yip. tip-yip. Oh yeah. They had tip-yip and vague Christmas trees. I'm I'm <laughs> The way I I understand it, it is some sort of combination uh, designed to celebrate life. I mean, it's very much exactly what it sounds like. Also, if we want to go off of uh, what the original holiday special uh, has to say, um, it's some sort of like melding of like the worlds because there is a moment where there are a bunch of Wookiees singing in space robes amongst the stars. Excuse me. Well, Carrie Fisher is singing, but everyone else is like doing the little <laughs> along with it. Can um, I get that one more time? Yeah, the blah. <laughs> um, ben, I know that you and I have seen this uh, thing before. I watched it while I was at work. I watched it at home. That, at work, watching this at work, that makes sense. Yeah, <laughs> it's a good, it's a good uh, relief. 
Yeah. Um, but... What were y'all's expectations coming into it? Because I can't imagine they were very high. I was just kind of coming in expecting to like be amused for like however long it lasted. Tucker, did you see the original holiday special? I'm going to be honest with you. I've never saw it. I've only ever heard the hate for it. It really inspired me to go watch it in the first place. Yeah, I wouldn't recommend it. I highly don't recommend it's it. It's just a waste of time. I After these reviews, I will con- probably continue <laughs> on my non-watching of it. <laughs> Smart. Professional critics such as we. What? What, Doug? Can I help you? Sorry, I had to yawn right there. Uh, Tristan, did, uh, did you have any big expectations going in? No, this? I, I, I kind of wanted to watch it beforehand like you guys did. But I waited. I wanted to wait for us all to watch it together. But apparently you both <laughs> went ahead and defiled yourselves before we watched it. So Sorry about that. That's all right. Um, no, I didn't really have any expectations. I just kind of... I was like... I, I was thinking about Lego Batman... Because that was a good Lego movie. Also a stop motion Lego movie. It's Different. not stop motion. It's computer animated. It still is computer animated. The Lego Batman one? Yeah, they just figured they just created software that would let, make oh. it look like stop motion. They well, this one didn't look like the, stop. This one didn't look like that. Yeah, they did the same thing for uh, for the for, for the two like Lego movies. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah, um, well, Ben, I mean, I think you and I kind of, because we talked about it before and after we saw it the first time, because I think we both were kind of the mindset where we were dreading this movie when it was announced, and then the trailer came out and we were like, dang it, that looks kind of entertaining, and then we were still underwhelmed. I mean, I don't know that I would say that I was underwhelmed. Um, I think it was more of a, about what I expected. Because, I mean, I'm not going to lie, I did not expect a serious Star Wars movie out of this. I think I was properly whelmed. Like, it's it's about, like, I, I, I didn't really have a high bar for it. Like, I think it just was what I expected. Yeah, I didn't, I, I think maybe I left my bar in the car. I don't know. <laughs> like, I didn't bring it in with me today. So, I, yeah. I didn't have any expectations. I, I mean, I was still displeased. <laughs> though, even though I had no expectation, Question, but I, was, though, I was also Tristan, pleased in some ways too. Tristan, was your displeasure caused more so by the movie or by me watching no, no, the movie no, no. with you? No, it wasn't you, but for the record, Doug did scream laugh quite. A but bit. it was also you. There was funny things in here that I noticed the second time watching it, um, and I just happened to have like. <laughs> A laughing breakdown. Doug has this particular laugh when he gets really giggly and like just silly. Doug just, I don't know. It's like I can't even. I can't even do it. Like on command. Um, God bless him. Yeah. uh, Anybody want to take a crack at like explaining like the plot of this? Sure, I can. Um, So the movie is set on Life Day on Kashyyyk after the events of Episode Nine. Uh, which, I mean, it's up to you if you want to believe that actually exists or not. Um, what, Life Day? Episode 9? Oh, yeah, no, oh. I was talking about <laughs> Episode 9. Um, so it's in the sequel trilogy, or it's within that range, that era. Yeah, uh, I think it's generally... Um, I think it's assumed to be like not very long after it, All right. but... I, I don't know the exact date that episode nine happened. Oh. I think we I think we kind of get confirmation on that because the last time that Ray sees Kylo Ren, like she looks like longingly like Goodbye, Ben or excuse me, let me do it in my best Ray voice. Goodbye, Ben <laughs> Farewell, Ben. North London. Anyway, uh <laughs> thank you for that, Doug. Um but yeah, in the movie Ray has started to train Finn as a Jedi. Uh, because apparently that's what Finn was trying to tell Ray this whole time in episode nine. Um, I completely forgot that happened. Honest, I uh, saw him get the lightsaber. I'm like, oh, freak, that did happen. Yeah, because they don't explicitly say it. Well, when is it revealed that that's what he's trying to say? On Twitter. It's assumed. <laughs> on Twitter. Yeah, yeah. Honestly, you can't just assume on it. The, on Wikipedia. <laughs> can you? Is it? Can you just assume that? No, I think it is canon. I think it is canon, but I think the entire world, when when Finn said multiple times, Ray, Ray, I have to tell you something, everyone kind of assumed he was going to be like, I love you. I thought he only said that when they were in the sand pit. It was like a couple times. There was he one more like, time at least he where said he like said it. He said like two or three times. Oh. Um, 
But I think everybody assumed like he was going to say I love you because that actually would be a slightly like natural way to phrase that. But apparently it is canon that he was trying to say, Ray, I have something to tell you. I'm force sensitive. I'm force sensitive, ladies and gentlemen. That's what he would have said. I'm, I'm force he sensitive. Knows, he knows what that word means. And then Ray would have been like, okay, okay, then. I don't know why you have to tell me this now. But I guess, I guess that's okay. Oh. By the way, I really do oh. want to just say real quick, I do love Daisy Ridley. I love... Yeah. I... I actually she, do she really puts on love a good Daisy Ridley. Like she's she's phenomenal. Love her to death. I'm not making fun of her voice. I'm making fun of the woman who voices Ray in this because movie because she tries to sound like Ray. Yeah, but she is just way. She's just overdoing. She emphasizes the wrong things. She just has this like, th- like I don't know this like deep voice that's like very airy still. It's so bad. Hey, do y'all remember when I was trying to explain the plot? <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's the kind Pick it up. Of, this is the kind of movie <laughs> that we're that we're watching. Babe. What happens? Anyway, uh, Ray is training Finn. It's not going well. So Ray's like, well, I'm a bad teacher. I gotta go away. Uh, so she goes away because <clears throat> one of the Jedi techs falls open to this page and says, hey, on Life Day, if you go to this planet, you'll figure out how to be a Jedi Master. And which planet was that? Uh, Kordoku. Oh, Yes, that's the name of it. They said it. Right. And Tristan missed it. No, I, I do. Uh, but yeah, so, so she goes to Kordoku with BB-8 because reasons. Um, and she finds this magical little crystal thing that lets her travel in time. What is the crystal? Uh, they don't really explain it. Good. Great. Force magic. It's called the key. Yeah. Oh. Uh, it's called the key. Uh, by spinning it in circles and using the force, uh, she's able to travel back to the past. So how did she know this was here? The book told her it was Yeah, there? the uh, Jedi text said something about uh, the key to the past is, or like looking to the past is the key to the Jedi Master's future or something like that. You know, Star Wars BS. Okay, sure. It's basically the Doctor Strange circle of space and time. Yeah. Okay. Um, so she sure. does that. Shenanigans ensue and... Uh, she meets Luke Skywalker. Yeah, she meets Luke, Luke Skywalker. Skywalker's master... I'm sorry. She meets a bunch it's of a people te- from time. It's go, time a terrible voice. Meets a bunch of people. Ends up uh, on the Death Star two with Darth Vader and Emperor Palpatine. And Palpy's like, "Hey Vader, go after that thing." And then, and it gets very confusing for everyone. It gets <laughs> so. They go through so many timelines. Uh, Vader fights Vader, and then all three uh, Obi Wan say hello there. And then uh, Kylo Ren gets employed by uh, Emperor Palpatine. It's a whole thing. Anyway, they have this big final battle on the Death Star 2. Same thing uh, happens. Yeah, same thing happens. Uh, Ray gets the crystal and takes everybody back. Okay. Cool. And then Ray makes it back and is like, I actually am a good master and I'm ready to help you now. And then they celebrate Life Day. And oh, there's also a, a Hutties version of Jingle Bells that... Uh, Finn and Rose sing. And also, for those of you who have watched The Boys, uh, you know how, like, Homelander is, like, obsessed with milk? You get that in this movie, too, only with Luke Skywalker being obsessed with blue milk. It's all you milk lovers out there. It is just as disturbing as it is in The Boys. Yep. He's got that nice blue milk. As a point out, we missed, there was a whole bigger, more interesting battle to me yeah. between the guy from episode one who's in the pod and like half a Darth Maul and like Sebulba Sebulba yes Sebulba Sebulba half a Darth Maul a couple Dark Lords and then versus like <laughs> just a couple of Dark Lords a couple of them in there, you know. versus like three Obi-Wans like two just, Luke's just a couple and, of hellishly powerful figures just two sprinkled. Han Solos a young Anakin a middle Anakin and a slightly upper middle Anakin and a Gragu in a pair and a Mace Windu <laughs> alright anyway I'll say all... it I rather would have watched that battle than the rest of the movie agreed uh, um yeah Instead, so, you got this whole gimmick of a movie. Yeah. Because it's a cash grab. That is the nail on the head. It really is like... Okay. 
There's literally no reason for this movie to exist except yeah. uh, Disney was like, hey guys, remember when we did this thing called the holiday special? And it sucked. And George Lucas just completely erased it from existence? Well, we're going to do that again, but we're going to do about one iota better and then just take everything that everyone has complained about in the sequel trilogy and we're going to make fun of it. We're not going to change it. No, we're not going to change it. We're just going to make fun of it. Oh, and Baby Yoda? Got to be in it, because yeah. that, that's all the rage right now. Yep. Literally for two seconds, and we will acknowledge his cuteness, but that's it. Yes, we that's need Darth Vader gets. to say, oh, how cute. I mean, the Porgs and Baby Yoda really saved the movie for me, honestly. No. You want to know who saved the movie for me? Babu Frick doing his head spin. That's what we wanted. That's what I, that's what I wanted. I I wanted another hey, hey. Really. That's it. You know what saved it for me? It's okay. Babu Frick didn't have the accredited voice actor in this film. You know, you know. <laughs> it's, give a hey, hey. It's the Max Rebo minus the, minus the seven for that me. Was, that was good. Yep, it's just Max Rebo. See, the other six are for, all passed. For all the atrocities that this film attempts to commit and just fails at committing them somehow, um, it does have a lot of good things like Max Rebo and, for me, Babu Frick. Uh, it's just there for like a few seconds. Wait a minute. So, Tristan, are you telling me that in this movie that's completely just fan service, the only good parts are the moments where they just give us deliberate fan service? Yeah. Did you like the uh, uh, Mon Calamari person who definitely wasn't Admiral Akbar? Because at this point, Admiral Akbar's dead, saying, It's a wrap! His brother. It's a wrap! Admiral Dakbar. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, look, he, was, he was in the other room on look, that look, show. Look, okay. I will take I will take totally not Admiral Akbar uh giving uh giving creepily canon Lando Calrissian um a cape uh over listening to Ray's voice actor trying to do Daisy Ridley's voice. I mean that's fair. Yeah. It's atrocious is what it is. What's up? It's your old pal Ben. Y'all already know why I'm here. I'm here to give you some announcements. Uh, but before I do that, I do just want to say thank you for listening to us. Uh, you know, we honestly appreciate it so much. Uh, I mean, I know it's a busy time of year, so thank you for taking some time out of your day. I have a new announcement. We here at Vider Media are partnering with our good friends over at MP Theater Group to do a live episode of Setting the Skeen. It's going to be awesome. Uh, the episode will be streaming on both our Facebook page and MP Theater's Facebook page. So be sure to like both of those pages so you do not miss it. The episode will be streaming on Saturday, January 16th. Go ahead and mark it on your calendar before you forget. You do not want to miss it. Thank you so much for your continued support. It really does mean the world to us. Uh, if you're looking for more ways to help us out, you're in luck. I've got plenty of things that you can do. Uh, but the easiest thing that you can keep doing is just keep on doing what you're doing. Keep listening to us. Keep sharing us with your friends. Uh, follow us on social media, all that great stuff. Another thing you can do, uh, if you are listening on a specific platform, what you can do, you can go to our show page on that platform, leave us a rating and review. That'll also help other people find us. If you're interested, you can also sign up for our Patreon. Uh, on there, we've got all sorts of cool stuff. We've got a bonus episode that we will be dropping pretty soon, uh, if we haven't already. Uh, I record these a little ahead of time, so I don't know exactly uh, when it'll be uh, dropping, but it's going to be awesome. Uh, it'll be a special bonus episode only available to those who have signed up for our Patreon. So if you don't want to miss it, go over to patreon.com slash vitermedia. Get yourself signed up. Now, that's all I've got for you this week. Uh, like I said, be sure to follow us on social media at vitermedia and check out our other products. Now, let's get back to the show. Um, yeah, so, so going back into the fact that this movie is just a complete gimmick, like, I mean, this is nothing new, per se, like, I mean, we've seen gimmicks done 
done to death before. Yeah, Cars 2. Cars 2. Uh, we've seen... Honestly, we've seen Space Jam. Like, an entire movie based out of a shoe ad. Um, like, I mean, this is nothing out of it's, the ordinary. But I think... Okay. But I coming. I think for me, I think what this kind of comes down to, and the reason that... I'm just kind of astonished that we're at this point with Star Wars is that Star Wars has never necessarily presented something to a wide audience that's been this gimmicky, but at the same time, they totally have come stupid close. Like, they've gotten right up to the line without crossing it, and now that they just jumped all the way over the line, I mean, I think that's why this holiday special is like sticking out in my head and what's funny is because uh, i've listened to a couple uh reviews of this of this special and everyone who i've listened to has said yeah the story sucks but the fan service is great i mean honestly this whole thing just feels like fan fiction like it as much as it makes fun of pretty much every single disney star wars idea the whole thing just feels like a fan fiction I guess my question for like this whole thing is why do films like Space Jam end up cult classics when that is also just kind of like a gimmick where a movie like this is also a gimmick but it just fails to entertain us like that does and create its own cult classic. Well, I think you have to look at the fact that um that one of the reasons that Space Jam is a very good like gimmick movie is because, you know, they put a good story, to, or they at least tried to write a story. This one, I think they had the idea of what if we had all of our timelines just meet up in one place, and it was kind of like that paint-by-numbers script writing where you're like, we know that we want this, this, and this to happen, so let's try and draw a plot line to make that happen. I think that's why. I think Space Jam, I mean, granted, it's a Nike commercial, but it's a lot easier to sell that because all you have to do is get Michael Jordan to a place where he has to play basketball with the Looney Tunes, yep. and that's it. Here, you have to set it up to where Ray fights Palpatine and Vader, to where... Uh, With the help of Luke three, and also against Kylo Ren. Yeah, you have to get to a point where all three Obi-Wan Kenobis can say hello there. Um, but what are they selling here? They're not selling Legos. No, I think they're selling Star Wars. I think they're literally just like, hi, this is Disney Plus. Please watch Star Wars. Yeah. Please get over the fact that we messed up the last, th the last movie. I mean, we honestly, it mad. kind of feels like they're just saying, "Hey, we know the sequel trilogy isn't great either, so we're going to sit here and make fun of it the whole time." I think they're, I think they're just like, "Hey, we know that we, we know that we made a lot of people mad with the sequel trilogy. Here's a look back on all the good stuff that Star Wars has done and some of the things that we've added to it." Watch the Mandalorian. I feel like if any, like when I think about like wh who this is intended for, like what it's, the purpose would be. I feel like it's less, I feel it's like more for like, this is something like, it's almost Christmas, like you gotta entertain the kids, you're like, oh, Star Wars, we'll throw on a Star Wars movie. And I think it's just made to introduce Star Wars to young kids almost, like, maybe start to ingrain in them a Star Wars culture, and they're like, dad, who's that? And you're like, oh, that's Luke. And he's like, who's that? And you're like, that's also Luke. And then you're like, who's that? And he's like, okay, this is confusing, but there's Luke. three Lukes, okay? <laughs> that's a young one. He's like, oh, there's a young Luke? Yeah, here, go watch episode one. Like, I feel like it's just to start engraining well, um, Star Wars. Not to point out the flaw in your theory, but if they go and watch episode one, they will not see young Luke. They will see, they will see young Luke's father. That's fair. That is all. Um, but, you know, I feel like is gimmicky... You said Star Wars culture. Didn't you? Maybe. That is what he said. Star Wars instilling a Star Wars culture in your kids. Think about that. Instilling a Star Wars culture implies that this child is going to grow up living and breathing Star Wars. And in fact, with the recent announcement of all of these new um, 
new movies and shows and stuff. These new Star Wars. These new Star Wars. <laughs> these new Wars of Star uh, happening. In fact, in fact, the children watching this will indeed, will indeed be easily indoctrinated into a Star Wars culture. So it won't even be hard. All they gotta do is keep paying Disney that cash, that fat cash, just shelling it out to 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 Big Papa Walt and 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 and, and Bobby and Iger, Big Papa. Well, not anymore. I don't know. Big nope, Papa. Not anymore. He's still his president. Big He's Papa. Big the, Big Papa Walt's head. I know you're listening, Big Papa Walt's head. Big Papa Walt just reeling in that cash from all these new children really getting into star wars culture what does it look like what does a star meanwhile big papa walt's head continuously is pulling out all the money is pulling out ideas from big papa walt's disembodied buttocks we know you're listening big papa walt's disembodied buttocks look all i'm saying is that you have kids growing up in a star wars culture you're gonna get little little jedi running around pretty soon and little princesses princess leia and it's just gonna it's just gonna explode you're not gonna have any other types of culture anymore when your kids are hooked on disney and they're drinking that disney juice and that Star Wars juice that they just keep pumping out and squeezing directly out of Star Wars. To be noted, blue. I mean, blue milk. <laughs> That's what it is. Kids are gonna be drinking blue milk every single day. Blue. So, so, so what you're so what you're implying is that we are in the midst of the great Star Wars awakening, the great Star Wars reformation, if you will. <laughs> Well, we did reform everything after we abandoned the EU, so... Big Papa Lucas is going to be nailing his treatises on the door of Disneyland. (laughs) (laughs) This is going to be... This is it, folks. We're seeing it. We're seeing... I promise you, we're seeing it. Wait a minute! They will be Lucarins. That, that is a joke, ladies and gentlemen. That's a joke. It's a reformation joke. Because you see, listeners, what happened was Martin Luther... I get it, I know. Every- ...is 95 treatises onto the door of the cathedral. Was it 95? I thought it was 97. It was, 90, it was 95, I think. We, ho- we, we hope and it was 90-something. And, and the people who read the treatises became the denomination known as the Lutherans. Uh, which- Thank you for that history lesson, Doug. Wow. So, uh, this is not the first time that Star Wars has done a holiday special. No. In fact, in 1978, George Lucas was like, Hey, we got the Star Wars thing. Oh, Papa Lucas was doing that was doing that orthodox Star Wars work. <laughs> and then he was like, "Well, you know, what was he? Would, would he be the would he be the Byzantines in this scenario? Would he be the Eastern Orthodox? The Catholics? Is he? Yeah. 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 Who's who's the Eastern Orthodox? I don't know. Star Trek. Anyway, uh, back in 1978, uh, George Lucas created the original Star Wars Holiday Special. And it's much different from this one. Um, This one at least has a through plot, whereas the original was just essentially... It was a a variety show. It was a Star Wars-based variety show. A concept, while interesting, fell flat on its face when half the movie is... And that's it. With no subtitles. Yeah. Uh, we did get a, a direct continuation of it, though, because we saw Chewbacca's family. came. With they they came aboard. Lumpy, with a good old lumpy Nala. Jumpy and Pumpy. I don't know. <laughs> no, 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 no. Okay, so, so Chewbacca's son is named Lumpy. Uh, his, his wife's name is... His wife's name is Nala. By the way, can we talk about the fact that Maz Kanata is in this special and she and Chewie have a relationship? No, they don't. They do have a relationship. She calls him No, they have a relationship. My headcanon says so. Okay. They have a relationship. And his wife, his wife is right there. And how do you know It's not Nala, it's Mala. Mala. And how do you know that Wookiees are not polygamous beings? That's actually a good point. You know, if anything... If Who is the Wookiee equivalent of Joseph Smith? If, <laughs> what on earth? If, if Knights of the Old Republic... What on Kashyyyk, my friend? Look, if Knights of the Old Republic, the old video game, has taught me anything, it's that Wookiees, when they're young, 
have to go and forage and learn and grow on the floors of Kashyyyk. So very soon, Lumpy will be traveling to the floors of Kashyyyk and probably be eaten by a giant spider. Well, I mean, if we, if we remember the original Star Wars holiday special correctly, uh, Lumpy does have some interesting uh, practices where he, like, stands on the edge of his family's treehouse and literally just dangles off the ledge. I mean, it's a giant <laughs> matte painting for sure, but it's intended to be him dangling off an edge. He's a dangerous fellow, and I honestly don't think anyone should be messing with Lumpy. Well, I mean, you know, what can you expect when you have Harvey Cor- when you don't have Harvey Corman teaching him how to create a radio transistor anymore? What y'all don't remember the holiday special? Come on, guys, keep up. I block it. Are we my- saying that this lumpy fellow is a boy named Sue kind of situation? Well, actually, it's a boy named Lumpawaru, because you see, that is his real name. Dumpus. Is Is that a Harry Potter spell? No. That's his full name. As you can tell, this episode is just off the rails. Um, Where was the opening crawl? Sorry, that just... Uh, excuse me, this is a hard... Excuse me, this is a Star Wars holiday special it is not star wars the holiday special and also, we have established episode 10 the holiday special in place of the opening uh crawl you got yoda's opening monologue mm. yes. because oh yeah yoda's narrating this thing in a little christmas sweater and a and a little hat and it's precious yoda is busy channeling bert ives uh you know doing his Doing his whole birth. Holy crap! Wait, wait. So Bird Ives was Jewish. I mean, we got we got all the Star Wars. What, what are you? Is Yoda Jewish? What? I think what if anything, Yoda is Moses in this scenario. I'm gonna disagree with that, but okay. Um, have gone off the rail. Wait, we don't even know where. Is it Yoda? Wouldn't Yoda be like the Holy Spirit or something? He's no. always with them and like I, I think them. that's probably more accurate. I mean, but he was a real person at one point. I mean, Moses well, showed back I mean, up as a ghost. The Trinity religion. dictates that so was the Holy Spirit. Yeah, and Yoda did cast lightning with his force, so it's There you go. Yoda is actually God. Uh, Yoda is what does God. that make baby Yoda? Jesus. Come on, man. Are you following us here? And also, he's not baby Yoda. He's Grog. Wait a minute. It's Grogu. Grogu. What if? No, no, no. What if we see that Grogu, being the same, the same type of being as as Yoda. Yeah. Wait. You you see, Grogu is going to be sacrificed. Well, no, but you can almost look at it as like Grogu. Hold on. Baby Yoda is Jesus. Then Yaddle is God. (laughs) No, no. Hold on. Hold on. Because because essentially Grogu. (laughs) Wait, 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 wait. But Grogu is apart from all of his kind. So you could almost interpret it as like Grogu being a fallen angel. So essentially, Grogu is actually Satan or Lucifer. So really, he is the devil. That's a good point, Doug. That's a good point. (laughs) This is the what? type of stuff. See, this is when Ray is going through all these different universes. <laughs> oh my gosh, guys. We've discovered the ways of the Force. Did you not notice everyone paused to look at Grogu? And they all were they were in awe. That's because Aww. Grogu's a deity. <laughs> guys. We're on to something. Gro- oh my gosh, guys. Grogu is actually the Lord of Darkness, the Prince of All Evil, Lucifer himself. Ray, get that. Because Ray is the greatest Jedi in all the galaxy. Alright. Oh, I took it too far. Okay, fine. So this whole thing has kind of gone off the rails. Um... I'm, I'm really enjoying What's it. What's next on I the think schedule? It's a great that we episode. Wrote. <laughs> I think this is maybe our best episode. Oh, this is a great episode. I mean, it's I'm been fun. I'm it. I'm just thinking we might want to cut out a section or two because. Oh I'm, no, we got plenty of time. I'm out with Tristan. I think the All movie. Right. Is What's our next? What's our next to topic? I think we're getting close to wrapping this thing up. Actually, <laughs> we've covered pretty much everything. It's our next. There's topic, not there's though. not a whole lot of content in this. Huh? Uh, so if I think Ray being the greatest Jedi in the galaxy is really made apparent when she just absolutely like 
Rex Darth Vader. Okay. Yeah, let's let's talk about old Papa Vader real quick. Cause Papa Vader, Are we just calling everybody Papa today? Well, it kind of fits. I mean, fair. Papa um, Vader. In the uh, comics, Papa Vader, especially the newer, the new comics, he could easily take out like anyone. I just, I just want to point out the fact that you know, uh, we can look at another recent piece of Star Wars um, uh, media. Uh, look at a Jedi Fallen Order, um, lovely little video game. You spend that entire game building up your character's stats, building up his skill, building up his Force abilities. And spoiler alert: If you haven't played the game or you haven't been on the internet for the last couple of weeks, skip skip about a minute. Ahead. Um, you know the end of that game has you beat your final boss, and Darth Vader shows up, and you know that you are done for. Like it's that moment where you're just like, oh shoot, like I. And and you were not given any other clue as to whether or not you will survive than just his presence in the building. So I mean, I find it I find it a little annoying that whenever they whenever Star Wars does something that's strictly for a young a market of young kids, the first person that they take all of the authority and the power away from is Darth Vader. You think it's as a foil to what he has been seen as before? Yeah. So they turn it on I mean, its head because it's I mean, funny to kids. Because I mean, like even even like Star Wars material that was originally intended for younger audiences, like Clone Wars or Rebels, like they treat Darth Vader as intimidating as he is supposed to be, and it's it's a little annoying. Like I mean, this is a huge nitpick, but. I find it very annoying. I mean, I, I agree, because, I mean, <clears throat> honestly, they kind of do the same thing with Darth Sidious, uh, or Emperor Palpatine in this, because he's also kind of not seen as the super intimidating guy, just this super wishy-washy, oh, I'm just in here for power, zippity-zappity-zoop. Which, I would love for that to be made a part of Star Wars canon. I mean, I too would love when, to see when McDermott ever, go, Unlimited zippity-zappity! Whenever someone needs to use Force Lightning, they have to say zippity-zappity-zippity-zappity-zoop. I think we'll have to take a, like, go against you here on Force, though, to be honest. Like, in Clone Wars, it's the only true time we ever see Sidious break out his lightsabers. And he straight up just, like, wrecks... Darth Maul and Dar- Savage Press. What was that? Pretty much everybody he's ever fought. He's, I mean, he is easily... He wipes out four Jedi Masters in about three seconds. Right. I mean, he is the most skilled lightsaber duelist in the entire galaxy. Yeah, and I don't think they would take away from that in Clone Wars. And in Rebels, we see Darth Vader come and fight Ahsoka in what is a very, very... Just one, wrecking emotionally moment, as well as, like... I think it's the best sheer power uh, battle in Rebels. Oh yeah, like it, you can see the skill in like also play out like within the fight of like what he taught her. So I think like I don't necessarily think agree that in Rebels they take away from it, but as a cons, like I I do agree in this movie like you don't see Darth Vader just wrecking Rey like he should. He's just kind of dawdling around. Like I mean, even taking it back, even in uh. Return of the Jedi and an Empire Strikes Back, like we have to, we have to pay attention to the, to the fact that any time Darth Vader and Luke Skywalker go sword to go sword to sword, like I mean, Vader wins the majority of the fight. Like he is clearly a more skilled uh, uh, swordsman yeah, I mean, than absolutely. than Luke. He's also not trying to kill Luke in either of those movies. Yeah, which is why we continually see them get away from Vader in those movies. Otherwise, they would have just blown up Hoth. But no, he had to go in and try to find Luke. Yeah, and I mean, we've established that this whole holiday special is nonsense. But it's so annoying when Vader and Rey fight each other multiple times and Rey, like, doesn't get destroyed like she should. Like, she totally totally should like i'm sorry i really like the idea of an older darth vader uh fighting a somewhat younger darth vader because i would love to see that fight 
I mean, I would love to see a um, an in his prime Vader versus an in his prime Anakin Skywalker. Oh, that would be fun. That would be Darth fun. Vader would win. I honestly think they missed what they they could have just made this a giant like who's who of Star Wars fighting each other across all the timelines. And just had, like, a lot of fun with just random fights. I think that could have been fun. That's yeah, not honestly, what they went with, though. I mean, yeah, honestly, like, this whole concept of time travel in Star Wars is something that's really interesting to me. Because we do kind of play around with it a little bit in Rebels, uh, where Ezra goes back in time to save Ahsoka, and contemplates going back in time to save, save Kanan. Um, that's it. <laughs> uh, you've... You don't get much else, and I feel like Star Wars is science fiction-y enough to have time travel play more of a role. I think I think it's because most writers, most screenwriters, understand the fact that the minute you introduce time travel into anything, you instantly lower the stakes mm-hmm. of whatever you're fighting for. That's, that's exactly Yeah, I mean, I would right. agree. Because... Yeah. Because, like, the argument will always be made, well, if time travel's real and you lose this battle, why don't you just go back in time and fix it? Yeah, I've, I've seen a lot of critique about the time travel that happens there. And I, I, I think that they, they give it enough respect, like what, like what he's doing and, like, gravity to what he's doing. That where it doesn't feel like it's just a throwaway, like anyone can just do this, you know? It's like this was a special thing or power that was given to him. I mean, I think they also make a special point to show that he can't save everybody using that because he doesn't save Kanan. And I, I think that... I, I don't think that the, this this movie, like, spoils that or, like, I don't know, like, bastardizes it or something. No, like, like, I it's mean, just, this is... It's it's all for kids. Like all, like all the character like like um, exaggerations in this. Whatever. Like it's for kids. Uh, it's I know you hate me saying that it's for the kids. Well, no, but I mean this is clearly just absurdity. This yeah, is like this is not comedy. Yeah, this is not intended for a like a serious adult Star Wars. Thing. Yeah, we're just we're just grouchy old people who are complaining about a series that we like. See, I don't even I wouldn't even say that we're complaining. I mean, we're more poking fun at it. But I think the interesting point here is that even though they're all they're all being emphasized or a character of who they really are, I I think there's still a point to be made like we did earlier with Darth Vader and how they they turned him on his head and they like programs just seem to do that with characters if they're doing a parody of something and it's a villain who is really powerful, it's just, it's like a trope. Like it's common for them to do this in parodies where they just take the villain and then just make that person silly and goofy. Like, um, only in this case, they do it with Palpatine. They do it with Vader. They do it with Ben Solo. Pretty much any person who could pose a threat. Sure. And and all the good characters are well, not all of them, I guess, but all the main ones are also goofy too. But that's not important. I'm just gonna say, like, is there like, is the concept of this movie had it been done a different way? I think just like this is what they intended it to be, and like I don't really think it could have been elevated. I mean, I think this is fully what they intended it to be, but I don't think that means that it couldn't have been better. Yeah. I, I think a lot of it is just like determining what your target audience is for this. Because if you want to go with this concept with your target audience being, you know, all Star Wars fans, you're not going to put this out. Like, you're going to get some director who has some experience with time travel movies, maybe Ryan Johnson. And put together a Star Wars movie that's actually focused on some time travel concepts. Yeah, I mean, it's it's not like the original Holiday Special where George Lucas thought he was doing something good that would turn out nice. And it just failed miserably. Like, I mean, they did exactly what they went out and tried to do in this movie. I just think it's a it's kind of a fun idea that I would like to see done with a little more like gusto yeah i don't even know like gusto like i mean if you're gonna go 
Yeah, just a little more like like actually playing it straight. Well, it sounds like, yeah. So it sounds like Tucker was actually implying something along the lines of playing it straight, but also doing something like, what if it's all like live, like live action? What if they did this, but played it straight and not like all the jokes and did it live action? Like wild. And they had they had like most or if not all the same actors come back for this. I think it a lot of it would depend on the direction and the writing. Yeah. Because, I, I mean, I think it's a concept that could be done really well. I also think it's a concept that could be done really, really badly. I think also re- think it's worth mentioning that Disney has ticked off John Boyega to the point where I'm pretty sure he said he's done with this. I think the risk-reward ratio there, though, wouldn't pan out. Like, for like a one-hour special... I think the risk of screwing up your storylines for a long time is there to where you wouldn't do that for so little reward. But oh, if they had everyone it. fighting, it'd be so much fun. Now, Tucker, you know that Star Wars does not care about saying, screw that plot line. I mean, you saw the sequel trilogy. <laughs> yep, that was all. Well, you can't screw up what you didn't have. That they planned out from the beginning and it, it, they executed it perfectly oh man um so a lot of this movie focuses on the relationship between masters and apprentices because ray is trying to figure out how can i be a better master for finn so she has this idea to uh after she's kind of discovered that she can go back into the past to go back into the past and see what she can learn do y'all think this movie does a good job of kind of explaining that do you think she's successful no uh yes i do think it's successful but no i don't think it does a good job yeah, what he said. Can you elaborate? I, the the movie, like the part where she learns that she needs to be a better master is when she's looking at all of them. Well, it's it's when Yoda's with her, taking her back and like showing her. That's the part when she learns, and it takes like I don't know, like four minutes, five minutes, and then she's learned. But then you have all this other stuff happening, where she's like maybe gonna learn or like she's just traveling with the crystal throughout time and it's like trying to teach her things but i don't think she actually gets it until yoda shows her what he shows her you know for all the absurdity that this movie throws at us and for all the dumb stuff that it does i think it manages to actually give commentary which is almost every single master apprentice relationship is a failed dynamic is a failed system uh you know, I think one of the biggest uh, flaws in any Jedi Master or even Sith Master, Sith Lord uh, to Apprentice relationship in Star Wars is the Master trying to mold the Apprentice into their image where I feel like Star Wars tries to get the message across that a good teacher instead of molding their student to them, will mold their teachings to the student. And I think that's why we read two truly good examples of a master-apprentice relationship in Star Wars, in uh, Qui-Gon Jinn and Obi-Wan Kenobi, and Anakin Skywalker and Ahsoka Tano. I feel like those are the only two master-apprentice relationships where the master, even though they know what they're doing and they're aware of how to do things properly, they're going to they're going to change, they're going to fluctuate, they're going to shift in an effort to better accommodate their students. And then the two of them can actually learn together as opposed to it being a one-sided uh, learning dynamic. I'm going to slightly disagree with you about Qui-Gon and Obi-Wan. Uh, just because where you're coming from and that Qui-Gon is not a traditional Jedi master because he, I would say, isn't even really a Jedi very much. Uh, he he very much goes against, I mean, he clearly goes against the uh, Jedi Council and many of their wishes. There's nothing wrong with that. Right. I mean, he calls himself more a servant of the Force, uh, follow the living Force instead of following all these rules and guidelines. Which is what the Jedi are supposed to be. Right. But I don't necessarily think that makes him uh, someone who is molding his teachings specifically to Obi-Wan versus how he, he would teach another apprentice. But, okay, I get where you're coming from, 
But Qui-Gon clearly understands the flaw in the council having all of these rules and regulations and doing what suits their own their own needs as opposed to what serves the Force the best. Qui-Gon understands all of this, and he sees clearly that Obi-Wan is following the council before he's following his master. And I feel like Qui-Gon gives Obi-Wan that space to be like, to be like, I'm going to openly disagree with this, and I'm going to tell you why it's wrong, but if you're going to go with that, I will follow you. On my point, I'd say, I also think that Luke and Yoda are a kind of a good master apprentice setup where I think that Yoda like he's not easy on Luke in any way as we even see in this movie itself like she goes and sees Yoda and Luke and Yoda clearly tells Luke that if he continues on his path he will fail then Luke goes and fails and then he comes back to Yoda um I mean I think a lot of it is because while Yoda is in exile I mean he realized that he's in exile because he failed Mm-hmm. And as we uh, hear from him in episode eight, from that failure that he experienced, he was able to become a better teacher for Luke. I think he actually says this in that movie, in this movie as well. Um, so I know he said something about there not being a uh, participation trophy for the Jedi. I mean, that's facts. I think in the broader like spectrum of like the movie, though, at least to me, like I feel like they mentioned like master apprentice relationships, but, and I think that's a very interesting concept to think about, which they didn't actually get that deep into. But I think if you look into each relationship between master and apprentice, like you can see the failures of where they were, where like Obi-Wan was Anakin's master, but, and he taught him very, like a, a multitude of good things and created a great Jedi Knight. But he also let him be too passionate and like, areas that could lead him down wrong paths like he didn't like make him deal with some of his anger issues or some of his attachment issues and he let that happen and it led to his eventual ruin or you look at the original i don't know go to back to qui-gon and obi-wan i mean i feel like we see less of their relationship so it's a little harder to pinpoint their problems but i think if you just go like each master and apprentice, master and apprentice, you can point out like and see the flaws and see how it influences the broader narrative. And I think it's an interesting study to look at. I mean, I think it's also interesting, uh, specifically with uh, Obi Wan and Anakin talking about um, like those relationships, because relationship like that too with uh, Duchess Satine, uh, yeah. Duchess Satine on Mandalore. Because um, I mean, like in the Clone Wars TV show, he even says like, "If you had said it, I would have left the order for you." And she, I think. It is interesting to see that kind of side by side with how uh, Anakin is with Padme because, I mean, he's very much the same way. He is willing to leave the order for her. And, and all she has to do is just tell him to do it. Everyone's also very aware of that, that that's happening and oh, doesn't yeah, totally. deal with it. Um, he even gives him kind of like a bro, like, how's Padme doing? Uh, one of those. But like, I also think it's like a story that Star Wars has tried to tell like multiple times. I like read some of the EU before it was cut out, like back in the day. And there's definitely like a sto- story about Qui-Gon himself having one of those relationships. Now that hasn't been retconned for Qui-Gon, but it has been retconned for Obi-Wan and Obi-Wan did have an adventure with Satine back in the day. So I imagine Qui-Gon did know about it and we don't see that interaction, but I'm sure it plays into Obi-Wan and Anakin's interaction itself. And Satine has a quote nephew. <laughs> so, and uh, Ahsoka did uh, meet a nephew. It's going to lead him down the path that rocks, is what you were trying to say earlier. <laughs> well, folks, we started we started off slow. We got absurd. Now there's nothing left to do but score this sucker. Well, if it's your first time listening to us, uh, we have a mostly grade scale, unless you want to overcomplicate it, um, which we are known to do from time to time. Uh, it's a 1 to 100 scale. Uh, you can kind of think of it like an American grade scale. That's typically what we do most of the time. Uh, a 100 means it is a perfect movie. It has no flaws. A 1 means that it is a steaming pile of turds. Now, who would like to go first? All right. Well, I can go first. Okay. Um, in grading this, I cannot grade it as a Star Wars movie because I do not take it as a seriously Star Wars movie. Um. So it will do a little bit better than if I was grading it as such. 
Um, I certainly don't hate it as much as the original Star Wars holiday special. Um, this movie doesn't make me cringe as much as that. Um, I think it's a really interesting concept, but I think it ultimately falls flat on its face. And honestly, it's not meant for anyone over the age of like eight. Um, so with that said, I'm going to give this a 53. I can go next. Um, so I think the biggest problem that I have with this movie, and it's a problem that I have with a lot of movies, is the fact that it has zero point of existing outside of it could make money. Uh, now that said, there were moments that I laughed. There were moments that when I, I cried. pictured... No, please. There were moments that when I pictured the actual actor, I was like, that would have been funnier than any comedy John Mulaney releases in his lifetime. Um, So for that reason, I'm going to give this movie a 58. I'm going to go five points up on Ben. Well, I'll tell you what, folks. I'm going to give this movie a 63. Just going five points up on Doug. Uh, because I think that... I, well, I did. I was entertained. I was entertained thoroughly by this uh, movie. Um, so, got that. But it was worthless. This movie is worthless. Um, so, um, just like a D. Worthless. I mean, it, it exists. You got it. Like, you... I guess you passed, but it's worthless. This just in: if you ever received a D in in any grade, in any class or capacity, Tristan Webb finds that. I'm the worthless. gatekeeper of grades. Hey, I got a D in Gen Chem, and if I had been a science major, it wouldn't have counted. I tell you what: I got a D in a class one time. Did not transfer UGA that credit, so worthless. Mine did, but only because I fulfilled the requirement for the whole section. Well, Tucker. So, I also agree with Tristan on the fact that this movie is it exists. Um, I guess we all agree on that fact. It exists. I don't have anything against it. I don't have that many things for it. That said, I was also about like a sixty-three with it kind of existing. I was in mildly entertained or at least focused on it for 40 minutes however i can't give it a 63 solely for the one fact that they brought up jar jar binks senate speech which changed the entire course of the entire galactic history because in that speech jar jar binks gave emergency powers to the emperor who never relinquished them and i think that senatorial, I don't even know the word, like, what? procedure Dude. should be respected. You're and the fact that Jar Jar Binks himself made it all happen. And it's actually kind of sad what happened to afterwards. You can read about it. But just for the sheer fact that they gave Jar Jar Binks' speech a, uh, a cameo, I'm going to give it a 68. It's really, hard to, up. it's really hard to also give a. Five uh, points up. It's really hard to form a uh, a constant a constant stream of thought when you're talking out your butt, right? I had actually been planning that. Um, I kind of got lost in the middle. I'll be honest, but yeah, you get better at it as you keep doing it. Uh, <laughs> all I.e., all of us. Anyway, uh, after plugging that into our patented scoreometer, uh, that score of a 60.5. So this movie just barely gets a D, so it just so barely exists. Doug yeah, barely was the worthless. closest to the score. <laughs> I think technically you and Tristan split it. But Doug was closest to the eh, score. Debatable. Well, anyway, speaking of the letter D, guess what we're doing next week? Well, I get, do you want to tell him or should I? Uh, it doesn't matter. All right, folks, next week we are going to be doing our special for the month of December, yeah. December. Yeah, you know how a few years ago we did December and then we did direct to DVD December? Well, we didn't. Another podcast called Some Jerks You Talk About Movies did those. You know what I mean, but... Doug. Yeah, I know. Anyways, we decided not to do Disney movies this year. Instead, we're going to uh, look at the... Essentially, all DC movies, we're not going to specifically be talking about one movie. 
Uh, we're more so going to be talking about just the concept, right? Uh, of just the kind DC of the cinematic universe. Yes. Uh, so we'll be talking about live action movies. We'll be talking about some of the animated ones, um, and some other cool stuff. Uh, we're also going to be releasing a special bonus episode uh, for our Patreon subscribers. You can check all that out at patreon.com slash vitermedia. Uh, but in the meantime, be sure to check us out on social media at vitermedia. And until next week, I'm Ben. I'm Doug. I'm Tristan. I'm Tucker. And this has been Setting the Skeen. Y'all have a great week. <laughs>